Welcome to Paranormal Heart, a place where people can talk about their paranormal experiences. With your host, Cat Ward. Welcome back, folks, to Paranormal Heart Podcast. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. I'm your host, Kat Ward. I have another great episode for you tonight. I am joined by Steve Stefaro. Steve wears many hats. He's a technology futurist, security architect, AI subject matter expert, paranormal investigation fan, DIYer, photographer, smart city advocate, cyclist, amateur sushi chef, and lover of Westies. Whew, that's a lot. In this episode, Steve discusses technology, AI, and where they fit in with paranormal investigating. If you've had paranormal experiences and would like to be a guest on the show, or have questions, comments, or just want to say hello, drop me an email at paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd really love to hear from you. And if you enjoy the show, please give a review wherever you listen and hit that like, share, subscribe button, and please leave a comment. It really does help the show. New episodes are released on the second and last Sunday of each month at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find me on YouTube, Podbean, KPNL Digital Network on Thursday nights, and any place you find fine podcasts. Now, on with the show. Hello, Steve. Welcome to Paranormal Heart. Hey, Kat. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? It's it's good. It's daytime, you know. I kind of feel like we should be doing this at night. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really daytime where I am, which is Phoenix. And um, it's wonderful because it's nice and cool right now. And it'll get up to nice baking temperatures, which are, oh, God, I don't know, degrees Celsius. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we just had a discussion about that. Yeah. yeah. But it'll actually get up to 85 degrees and. Then I've got a window of opportunity to do my Christmas lights. Yes, the Christmas lights. We just put some Christmas lights up last weekend, so. And we still have no snow. Canada and Ontario, I'm in the Ottawa Valley, and we still don't have any snow. Oh, my God. What are the hockey people doing? <sighs> well, it's terrible. Thankfully for rinks. <laughs> <laughs> indoor rinks <laughs> and we and have a, we have a big hot yeah we have a big hockey tournament going on in the area too so uh it's just uh under 18 um every weekend we there's tons of people in the in the area but uh yeah we've had a little dusting of snow and then it gets above free like well above freezing it could be like 20 degrees celsius and uh well like i mentioned today just a few minutes ago it's minus one right now but, um, yeah, it's an unusually warm November here so far. That's interesting. You know, I don't know why why they haven't combined hockey and uh, World Cup soccer yet. I mean, that would be really cool. Get rid of the skates mm-hmm. and just slide <laughs> across the ice and try to kick it in. Think about it. That would soccer be interesting. Right? Soccer is, is like really, that's the main complaint. It just goes on and on and on and on and on. And it's like, 
you know, you have to, there's this key plays thing in, uh, watch the key plays in, in YouTube TV or something like that. And that's all anybody want, wants to watch. And it's kind of funny. You might've just invented a new sport. I don't understand why it's not happening. So it's, think about it. All these people crashing into the net. <laughs> Referees throwing yellow cards at each other. You know? Now, are they just throwing people in the net, or is there an actual ball or something that they're chasing as well? <laughs> well, I think that, I think the ball, I mean, geez, you can, yeah, definitely a ball, definitely a full-size soccer net, but ice. Ice, ice soccer. Ice and, ice and pads, and um, no skates, so you don't get hurt, but you can slide like crazy. And you can plant your feet and do a nice kick. Oh, yeah. I think we got something here. <laughs> so kind of a mixture of hockey, curling, and soccer. <laughs> well, you know, everybody's into this, into, um, you know, these nice, uh, cool uh, toys for their kids. You know, like there's one hover ball or something like that where you throw it into the air and it hovers right back to you. I mean, you can make make the uh, sake, sake ball uh, like a nice hover ball, you know, and it can go in different directions and stuff like that. Really screw people up. And, <laughs> you know, the betting odds people can actually hack the ball, you know. You can I, do th all sorts think, of things like I think you just not only invented a new sport, you already gave it a name to sake. It's a mixture of soccer and hockey. <laughs> You're brilliant. You can serve sake there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to warm you up. <laughs> so, I have to thank Mr. Jim Mallard because I heard you on the Mallard Report and I thought it was brilliant. And uh, especially when thank I found you. out that you're into the paranormal as well, of course, that piqued my interest and uh, messaged you on Twitter. And here we are. So, thank you very much. Yeah, it's wonderful being here. Yeah, I've had, um, I've been monitoring the paranormal and then really just kind of got, uh, got into the technology behind it. And of course the entertainment and staying in contact with some of the, uh, media personalities and, uh, you know, just more recently, but my sister actually kind of got me in, interested in it because she's, you know, after my mom passed away, you know, she's been, oh, sorry kind of obsessed with the other side. No, it's okay. It's okay. Well, I, I know that they're with us. It's like, I lose a lot of things, but I find a lot of things. So, <laughs> so it's just cool. Yeah. So well, have, have you, I, have you actually had paranormal experiences yourself or is it simply an interest? Oh, I have, I have paranormal experiences all the time. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of interesting. Um, you know, I'm not generally absent minded, but you know, it's, um, I, I can lose, lose things and know very, very specifically all of a sudden where it is for no apparent reason. And, you know, these are, these are things that, you know, maybe I was cycling or, doing something outdoors, climbing a ladder, you know, 
more recently the Halloween uh, exhibition that I put on. It's it's like I use fog machines. Our house is known as the Fog House. It's really <laughs> funny. Fog machines and UV lights. And I lost a UV light, and uh, you know, it's you know, it would have been a year, you know, to find it uh, or to have placed it previously. And I knew suddenly exactly where it was. And it, you know, normally people say, "Well, you know what? You can associate that with what you're doing in the same place and the order that you're doing it." But it's not because I literally change the presentation to try to scare kids uh, as much as possible. <laughs> I know I'm really cruel. <laughs> it's kind of funny. This year I, I was. Uh, People were saying, you know what? Why are you why are you trying to scare people? You know, a family member said this. Why are you trying to scare these poor kids? And then I saw some of the kids down the block, and I said, "Am I have I been really scaring you?" And they said, "No, it could be scarier. You could do a mashup of oh, nice. uh, Jason, you know, and um, you know, Chucky." <laughs> <laughs> And play that really, really bad music, too. <laughs> I'm like, you mean the one where people are getting sawed in half? <laughs> or the aliens one? <laughs> or the laboratory one? You know? So, it's, uh, yeah, I find stuff all the time that I shouldn't be finding. And, um, you know, the night terrors. I mean, there's the negative side of the paranormal also. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, the... You know, recurring dreams, very, very vivid, and, uh, you know, again, not having to do with any life experiences or anything like that. So, you know, there are there are demons in my life, but there are more uh, people looking after me in my life than anything else. But that's, you know, that's, um, that's the spiritual side of things. Uh, you know, I'm, these days, I'm much more focused on the technology associated with it. So I'm working on a few different few different things that I'm hoping is going to bring, uh, bring paranormal investigation uh, into the masses. And it's, uh, it's not like a product that I'm uh, creating, but I am a DIYer. So do-it-yourselfer, you know, people mm-hmm. that do stuff like Use stuff like these. These are circuit boards, you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> Here is a power supply. Yes. A lot of people think that. It's tiny. You know, like a, one thing. Yeah. One thing that's interesting is um, like you, you use one of these to charge your phone, right? Mm-hmm. But the actual power supply that's in here is this big. <laughs> so, wow. So, so, so this is audio. So, uh, if you can, uh, the the power supply that right. he just showed is uh, a little bigger than your hand. So, what I was holding up was uh, something called an electro cookie, which is uh, not edible. Oh, well, you know, well. not many people, <laughs> except for the conads. <laughs> but it's like a one and a half inch square uh, prototyping slash uh, PC board that allows you to uh, solder on different things. And, um, and essentially, uh, allows you to, uh, put like little, uh, little components in there, sensors, uh, you know, so, uh, 
uh, sensors like anything from an ultraviolet sensor, a light sensor, a LIDAR, which is a laser sensor, audio sensor on there. So the power supply board that I was just holding up is a, is about a half inch, a square half inch, or roughly, um, what is it, like 30 millimeters, something like that. Imagine, you know, a little circuit board, 30 millimeters square. Well, the sensors can be like two millimeters round, believe it or not, that can detect the paranormal. So, you know, the, the things like the REM pods, etc., that really amazing DIYers doing paranormal investigations in the past have created, uh, you know, through modification. These things are now possible more and more in a miniaturized way. But, you know, the, one of the things that has happened is that there's, there's only a handful of really skilled uh, DIYers that, you know, sell this stuff, you know, and it's, uh, and the problem is that there are some that sell stuff that is not, <laughs> you know, is not, uh, should not be sold. You know, you're, you might be buying something that, uh, that essentially is, you know, just going to vibrate on its own constantly. And you think that, you know, there might be uh, spirits there, or it might be in the worst, in the worst case, somebody might be doing something really, really nasty, like having it randomized where it's reacting in a random manner. So you can't even predict it and you can't even know that you're being scammed. But the reality is, you know, the folks that are on TV, you know, folks like Shane Pittman and, you know, technologists like, like Katie, um, that are on the travel channel and, you know, different, uh, Dave and, you know, Cindy and all these folks that are, uh, doing great shows like the Holzer files. They're, they're using, products that they've used again and again and they're used to using it and they understand how to use it and in cases they're uh, things like essentially simple EVP you know recordings using a highly sensitive analog <laughs> <laughs> miniature recorder that then they can use some noise processing to take out the you know, the background noise and, uh, and listen to what's, what's quietly happening in the background that you can't hear. And, uh, so my concept that I came up with about a year ago, you know, is not original. It's very mature in other industries. Actually the biggest industry that it's mature in is, uh, autonomous vehicles. You know, believe it or not, mm. you're, Tesla actually has all of the sensors needed to conduct a paranormal investigation. Now, unfortunately, please don't, please don't go to your Tesla and try to dis disconnect those sensors. They're, they're used for ADAS, which is automatic uh, driver assistance system, which is very, very important <laughs> because of the bad drivers. <laughs> these days. You're not a bad driver. It's just somebody else, but you know, that's a, uh, that's all another story. So uh, these things, these sensors are low cost and 
the boards are a low cost and do-it-yourselfers are, well, for the most part, they're pragmatists, uh, but they've done some amazing things. And one of the things that is absolutely wonderful is that they've gotten kids involved at an early age, which is potentially staving off you know, a, a real technology education disaster that is building in the U.S. Uh, right now, I don't know how it is in Canada, but uh, math and science scores are getting lower and lower and lower. And teachers in um, grade schools are finally, finally starting to understand that they have to get these kids involved with this stuff at an early age. So you know what? Kids don't have to believe in spirits but they could actually be working on stuff, building things, being little creators that they can have the option to take a road, a road to uh, do something like pull the carbon dioxide out of the air, which is what we should be doing anyway, not, not killing off fossil fuels prematurely <laughs> and, uh, you know, doing wonderful stuff like desalinization. So, you know, we've got more and more water. I, although I know you guys don't have that problem. <laughs> you have the opposite problem. But, um, you know, believe it or not, this is, it all comes around to, this is, this is actually about the kids. So I am uh, hoping that, well, Actually, I do know. I know that uh, paranormal investigations will move into this area. And uh, they'll be touched by AI, which is really a very interesting thing. And uh, I'll give you, and Kat, please feel free to interrupt me because it's like, <laughs> I really don't want this to be one long riff. Oh, my God. Oh, I've worked for so many people in my life. I keep telling my guests who love to talk, it's like the, the, the listeners don't come to listen to me. They come to listen to my guests. So <laughs> please. But I do, I do want to mention before you get to the AI, look at the, looking at the printed circuit board that you just held up. Now, my, I grew up, my father was our radio tech with CN Railway, and he's an amateur radio oh. operator. So I grew up with tube-type radios. Uh, where, you know, the radios are supposed to be hot in order to operate. Now, if a radio's hot, there's something wrong. But then what, I became an amateur radio operator as well, but I'm nowhere near ta as talented as my father. Uh, I don't understand the tech. He does. He's a tech a whiz. And just watching him with the circuit boards, you know, he would, he would be building radios where he's adding diodes and capacitors and everything and soldering everything. And it just fascinated me. And then to see the size of the circuit boards today, they're so, so small now. I mean, uh, the pieces of equipment for even just investigate. Well, the joke is that you can look at a uh, Radio Shack catalog and everything in that catalog is now in your smart device. It's just amazing how technology has really gotten small. Um, but I wanted to to ask you, with all because everybody pretty much has the same pieces of technology right now for paranormal investigating. What 
do you think there's anything that should be developed that we should be looking someplace else? Like, um, I've always wanted to have uh, a handheld infrasound detector because they're they're quite pricey right now and they're quite large. Uh, do you think there should be pieces of equipment that could be developed where we should be maybe concentrating in other areas for, for paranormal? And what would that be? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's it's interesting that you should say that because uh, one of the one of the things that I'm doing in the uh, in the non-spiritual plane <laughs> is uh, is beginning a kind of like a um, a hub of AI solution providers that or sensor solution providers that you know touch light in many spectra, computer vision, sound energy, air, you know what? The pollution itself might be something that we're not measuring. Mm. Uh, the different magnetic spectra, the time. So here's something that I've really, really struggled with. I know that, you know, we have two other dimensions that, you know, es essentially have been have been validated, you know, Einstein with uh, time as the fourth dimension. And uh, the areas of space, you know, time and space is as the fifth dimensions. And then, then there are others. But, but let's just take the primary three dimensions. The, this, a spherical object that essentially, you know, might be around that we can't visualize because we're so used to thinking, we're so used to looking at two-dimensional uh, planes, screens, what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. You know, we look at phones that are two dimensions. You know, we're not looking and considering things in three dimensions. It, one of my favorite movies, Contact, mm. you know, the book better uh <laughs> you know there's so much stuff in that movie the primer you know everybody was looking at first people were uh listening and it was a it was a blind man that first a wonderful actor that uh first detected audio wise you know that pulse and you know he said there's a there's a lot, there's a lot of complex information in that pulse. So it's not just like a standard pulse that has a very smooth wave, but there were a lot of, there was a lot of other information there. And make a long story short, they found out that it was not only different frequencies, but they related to multiple dimensions that essentially moved the uh, and created a um, uh, essentially the plans for this interdimensional transport vehicle, and um, we wouldn't be able to have seen that if we didn't think of things in multiple dimensions or open up our expectations. So, number one, we're primarily focused on audio, temperature. Mm -hmm. 
now we're moving into in the paranormal into uh, skeletal, believe it or not. It's kind of interesting. The technology that's used for slip and fall detection is now being applied <laughs> to uh, to the paranormal. So those are those stick figures. If you ever yep. watch the Travel Channel and you're watching some more recent um, recent shows, you'll see some sensors that have a display. That's actually called uh, skeletal detection you're, or pose detection. So what they're attempting to do is to see, you know, if there is a form in two dimensions uh, that's there that might be near you or whatever. Now, we're constantly thinking about things in terms of the objects that we know. And, at, and that's really good. But at some point, we have to think of what we don't know. So the appearances, the sensor data that's appearing in different, different if there's an order uh, to this stuff that we're thinking about, it's chaos or we're just seeing uh, an, um, an introduction of a spirit through maybe uh, some, if you're lucky, a real push. <laughs> and, uh, and then you get really scared. But, you know, maybe there's a push associated with a temperature. But maybe there temperature change. But maybe there's no temperature change. Maybe the temperature change was occurring someplace else. You know, so we're, we're thinking about things in terms of what we know. Again, which is good. You got to start somewhere, but we're not necessarily monitoring like an entire building at once with all the sensors that we need because it's expensive. So the concept that I've come up with is, is essentially making it low cost so that when you go into and do a paranormal investigation, you can place sensors anywhere or they could be moving, you know, in different areas. One thing that we haven't done is place them on unmanned aerial systems known as drones. Mm. <laughs> now, yeah, I know drones create their own noise and purists will say, oh, that, that creates a problem, you know, for EVP. Well, you know what? Problem solved because there is now artificial intelligence for not sound reduction, but, but sound recognition. So, um, and I, I said this in the last podcast, the, uh, an example last, this, this past year, uh, January, 2022 at CES, Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, the lower level, which was, uh, called Eureka, <laughs> which was is essentially a haven, a startup haven. And one of the folks that were, was there was this amazing company called Femtosense. And we did a demonstration on the show floor. And, uh, and I actually recorded it. And it, it, it essentially recognizes individual sounds. So this is going to be a big aid for uh, investigation. So we're not, what we're not doing right now is saying, you know what? I want to see every different type of sound. Now, 
there are issues associated with this. And, um, you know, again, paranormal purists will say, well, it has to be a totally analog environment, kind of like, you know, what your dad did with, uh, with ham radio. <laughs> you know, he was, he was essentially changing the sampling frequencies by, you know, using different caps and tubes. And, and we do that these days. And you see, you know, a real preoccupation with, you know, vinyl records, you know, and, and well, we should, because you know what, that frequency response of a typical digital or audio to digital converter isn't that great for many things, but it is getting much, much better. But again, classical music can't be easily reproduced to the real, the, you know, the audiophile or somebody that can hear uh, very, very well, many, many frequencies. Mm -hmm. And um, that, you know, the ability to hear in real time for direction is going to be incredibly important. So that's a real long-winded answer for, <laughs> hey, multi-directional audio and individual uh, audio recognition technology. So in other words, recognizing that there are different um, audio sources somewhere, audio phenomenon, and uh, they're coming from different directions and they're appearing at different times. So you can mine that data and then see the different correlation or even, you know, just let a processor handle it. And, uh, you know, Alexa, please analyze all of the, <laughs> the direction in which, you know, this spookiness is coming from, you know, is there any correlation to the original timeline that we listened to uh, back five days ago, you know, and, uh, you know, something that you might not have uh, considered might happen, but that's just audio. So the same thing can be applied to uh, what's known as LIDAR, which is uh, emitting laser light in three dimensions. Yeah, and I know that you know, presupposes that you're looking at something solid. That's something that can reflect light. But you know what? Who's saying that it can't? <laughs> True. And maybe the light that we're putting out, that we're using in vehicles for safety purposes, might be a different type of laser, you know? Might be a different spectrum, which brings me to another, another aspect. You know, we're not utilizing the full spectrum of light. You know, yes, I put up my black lights and and hope for uh, spirits that visit us during Halloween, you know, and uh, invite them in nicely <laughs> and have my uh, fog together with the black lights. And, you know, you can actually kind of see interesting things with ultraviolet. But, you know, there's invisible spectra also, you know, that we haven't. And... Um, we don't know what will get excited if it's touched with a certain type of energy. So, you know, it might take, you know, something like a miniature Star Trek, Star Trek Enterprise, you know, <laughs> to say, you know, Scotty, put a full spectrum of uh, across the parabolic reflector. Probably getting that wrong. But um, <laughs> in the same good. manner, right? <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of, hey, listen, it, you know, from a sound standpoint, 
you know, parabolic microphones, you know, that focus sound in different directions. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're too difficult, you know, to cart in in some cases into a into a infested hotel, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, somebody would probably say, you know, what are you going to do with that thing, and where are you going to put it? <laughs> and by the way, that floor above us is going to collapse <laughs> if we're going to do it there. Uh, but the reality is that uh, the tech can be miniaturized nowadays and uh, with full, you know, uh, full respect to uh, the laws of physics and with full respect to analog sources, you know, which we expect, you know, would be produced by uh, by the veil, you know, what is on the other side of the veil. So what did I go through? Audio, light, light is a form of energy, you know, magnetism, you know, force, temperature, weight. You know, the gaseousness is, is something really interesting that's going to happen. So develop something for the paranormal. All of a sudden, you can pull carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. Climate change problem approached (laughs) so (laughs) you know there's there's a lot and i'm not probably uh remembering a lot but if we can do a wheelhouse of different sensors that's going to tremendously add to our suite and some may result in a dead end but you know what the sensor associated with it eh dollar or two the board remains the same. The little the acquisition board remains the same. So you can actually have all this stuff report back to a central brain, if you like. Or just have tiny little boards like the one that I held up before that's about 30 millimeters square that contains a processor. And what's amazing is that the DIYers are enjoying the most powerful of processors. Uh, Companies like Raspberry Pi and Arduino and SparkFun are doing amazing things with essentially uh, something that could uh, control complex lighting on an entire building or an entire floor, depending on the complexity of a building, can be controlled by a $25 circuit board. And you know what? That's a wonderful thing because anybody can get involved in this. So I believe the more folks that are involved, the better. I don't believe that it should be, uh, you know, just a handful of folks. Although, again, they've been at the top of their game. And they need to get involved in this just so that it happens correctly. How far do you think we are from having AI helping with our paranormal investigations? We're there already. So, uh, and, and again, from the, the sound will be first, the audio will be first. So instead of, having to depress your recorder and rewind it 
and you know what goes on behind the scenes is that they're doing some processing perhaps uh, to take a look you know a little bit better maybe they didn't hear or hear it uh, but if they heard it you know then they can use that clip but for every clip that they are successful in hearing EVP there might be about you know 20 or 30 different clips that they weren't able to so with artificial intelligence or a, a neural network that would essentially be processing the sound in real time, you'd get results right away. And, you know, the reality is that you'd be able to say, you know what, this happened to me during this this situation or even better yet and and i keep coming back to the holes reviles because i think that that is it's just my opinion but it's one of the one of the types of programs that's a gold standard really because you know it's a previous investigation that's been revisited you have so many elements that are there and uh You've got the medium in there, but you also have the ability to listen to the tapes, maybe remaster the tapes. You know, maybe take a look at some of the information that was recorded and now reanalyze it for something new. And uh, that investigation goes on past data. So, so you know what? It gives you a starting point for great improvement. And... Uh, and I know that that's, that's going to be tremendously important. So, so the audio processing that I was talking about of mm -hmm. being able to eliminate the noise on a trade show floor mm -hmm. expertly and then hearing somebody talking. I know this is spooky but <laughs> and bad. <laughs> somebody talking uh, all the way down, you know, about, you know, some personal experience that you instantly don't want to hear. Mm -hmm. uh, but bottom line is you know maybe it's speech maybe it's a different type of noise that you're not expecting and the difference between artificial intelligence and what we used to call analytics is that AI doesn't have to know what it's what it's listening to or looking at and that's the one aspect that's going to help us grow so it's here today. I suddenly remembered an episode of the old Star Trek uh, series. I can't remember what it was called, um, where it sounded like insects to Kirk and the crew, but it was really people that were moving extremely f fast. So it sounded like, like insects. It kind of, I just thought of that, and it would be really amazing if we could have technology tell us, you know, when we're going through EVPs and we think, oh, that's just noise, and we actually find out that maybe those are actually voices. I don't know if okay. anyone's doing that now. I can't see why they wouldn't be. So you just you just happened on it. That is perfect. That is perfect. So, you know, you've talked about two other dimensions in that episode. Uh, you know, these people are moving so fast. Mm -hmm that they sounded like insects, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, they were moving in different parts of the ship. Yep. 
you know, so yeah, Star Trek is a great analogy because, you know, there's, oh my God, there's so many ghost episodes in Star Trek, <laughs> both the original series and uh, Next Generation, you know, from, you know, the original one, which was the best where, you know, Captain Kirk, you know, fades in and out mm-hmm. on a time basis, right? Yep. As a, as somebody on a spiritual plane, you know, and then, you know, they have to match their ship's frequency or whatever to attain that plane. But you know what? What you just said with the buzzing, these are people, these are people that were going, that were essentially vibrating their, the sound of their voices and their bodies were vibrating at a far different frequency and they were appearing in a different dimension, like we said, Mm -hmm. you know, that fourth dimension. And then they were appearing in different parts of the space. So, Again, you've recognized to not be, to not just go with what you can recognize. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I am a big geek because I have brought up Star Trek many times on my show. <laughs> but it's just easier to sh- to put into perspective, let people know. I am so bad with words, and here I am, a podcaster. I should not be bad with words. Um, I think you're doing fine. Oh, thank you. I trip over my tongue a lot. But it's just to show people what I'm trying to, to to explain. And sometimes if you can bring up an episode of a TV show that many people have, have watched, then people can, can relate to it and go, oh, that's what she's talking about. Yeah, I I love that. I think it's, it's really tremendous. Now, it's kind of interesting. It, <laughs> there was the Outer Limits where, mm-hmm. you know, there were the Outer Limits show. Uh, had some sensing it was definitely ahead of its time and people people sensing different things and they started investigating it and then you know much to their horror it was something that was existing near them that was very dangerous so one of the things that uh, I like to think about is you know, this is not just about the paranormal, but it's about about the potential of visitors that are already here. So why can't we consider that as both? You know, are we hearing someone from a spiritual plane or are we hearing, you know, folks that are entities that are used to presenting themselves in a manner that might just happen to coincide with somebody's history, mm-hmm. history and presence of being someplace. Maybe that's the way that they communicate. Maybe they learn history or maybe they learn somebody's behavior and in order to communicate, they're emulating them. <laughs> they're, they're just yep. saying, you know what? We can't communicate with them with their really, really bad language. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, in a lot of cases, it is really, really bad language. (laughs) Oh, my God. You know, whatever happened to forming a sentence and diagramming, you know? Uh, We're so used to just writing emails. So, you know, they've given up on our languages. There's too many of them. And there's, you know, too much... Uh, syntax and regional differences. Let's mm-hmm. just look at their life experiences, where they are. 
and maybe say, let's just show up where they've been and see if they recognize that. No, they're just, they're not trying to fool us. But <laughs> they're just trying to, they're just trying to communicate. With us. Kind of like when I'm talking to my cats, I'm meowing, I'm trying to emulate what they're saying and they look at you with big eyes and I often wonder, am I actually saying anything or are they looking at me going, she is such an idiot, I don't even like. <laughs> yeah, I, we don't know what, I, I mean, cats are, cats and dogs are just, just amazing. I mean, uh, you know, so many people try to think about and try to, uh, try to imagine what they're seeing and what they're smelling, mm -hmm. you know, and again, only researchers can, can, and I hope safely without harming these animals. I, I just, there's, I don't know, this Dr. Fauci I heard was, uh, doing something to dogs and, oh God, I just, I can't even watch stuff like that. It just drives me bonkers. But, um, these animals sense in different ways mm -hmm. that we should consider. And, um, one of the things, you know, bringing it back to what you said, is AI already here? And another point, why it's already here, is that the developers that are going to help us on this journey already recognize that we must consider working through our experiences and sensing like a human or others, you know, other entities, in order to provide services that are AI based, you know, because all too often we're, we're saying, oh yeah, you know what? This system must only be computer vision based, you know, why? And what's kind of interesting is, you know, yeah, I don't like Apple's monopoly, but, and they, and they take the, their uh, sweet time in deploying some sensors at great cost. Hopefully Elon Musk will, uh, you know, take care of that for us <laughs> with a new phone. But, but you know, what the latest iPhones have, and actually they've had it for two generations, is our built-in lasers, you know, or what we call time-of-flight sensors, which, and a lot of people don't realize this, but they actually can detect the shape of your face. And that's actually one of the ways that they do face, face detection. So a lot of folks think that it's just computer vision. Oh, it's taking a picture of my face. That's not good. But the reality is that they're anonymizing it through the use of a tiny three-dimensional laser. Uh, it's a smaller version of what we call LIDAR and radar. Radar is not a laser, but you know both of those technologies appear in automatic driver assistance systems that allow you collision avoidance or you know somebody's hanging out in your blind spot really annoyingly. Um, and, uh, yeah, that happens a lot now in Arizona with, uh, the California folks moving in. Uh, <laughs> the thing that is wonderful about this is that all of those different sensors, like I said, can now visualize similar to a human. So the concept is, if we can provide some visualization by everything we work with, 
and you know what? Even extend it to animals. Who's to say that we can't have, you know, our dogs and cats get involved in the investigation, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know what? We can very easily say to ourselves, all right, well, you know, dogs see with their noses, right? Cats sense with their whiskers. These are the best tactile sensors around. Oh, my God. So why not just put cameras on, <laughs> you know, or not cameras on them, but just look at them as they come into a paranormal scene of investigation? Yeah, you're going to have a lot of footage, but you know what? You're probably not going to necessarily need to review it because the processing, if we can, and, and what's very interesting, I've actually spoken to, and I mentioned this on, on Jim's podcast, I've actually spoken to a couple of solution providers very gingerly, just so that they didn't think I was absolutely nuts, because <laughs> I know that I'm not. <laughs> and not to jeopardize my relationship with them on the very important public safety aspects that we use for gunshot detection, you know, to respond in real time to active shooters and things like that, environmental detection. But you know what? They've done a lot of this stuff already. You know, and I ask them, would you do this? And you know what? They don't hang up the phone on me. <laughs> That's the first step. The next reaction is, wow, I think that's great. And I usually, that's when I usually say to them, you'll have to incorporate under a different name. <laughs> but that will allow you full capability to do what you want and experiment and use whatever sensors necessary to do it and, and set a price that essentially you're pricing something for the industrial market, you know, at perhaps 10 times what you would do, you could uh, essentially give it away, you know, just to get the research on the paranormal market. So this is happening. I know this is happening. <laughs> and uh, Consumer Electronics Show in 2023 is uh, first week in January. So... It will be very interesting the number of people, and I'll try to film the reaction when I ask them that question. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll try to ask them the I'll try to ask the CEO of each one of these startups a little bit away from their employees, you know, so that then they can really be honest with me. <laughs> Getting back to the animals, I've always, because I, I am a paranormal investigator as well, um, I've always wanted to bring uh, animals with us, uh, cats or dogs, just to be able to watch because they can, they can sense things like infrasound, for example. You know, uh, when you see your dog reacting uh, to an earthquake, um, they're picking up on, you know, all, the, all that energy that's coming ahead of what we're able to sense or... Um, a uh, big thunderstorm, you know, there's infrasound coming up, coming 
before the wind and the animals are picking up on that. So what are they going to be able to pick up on if we bring them to a supposedly haunted location? Are they going to be able to tell us where we should be concentrating our equipment? They will. Yeah. They, you know, cat, you're genius. Okay. Absolute genius. I wish. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, the real geniuses say that they're not. And that keeps them pointed in the right direction. You know, in many directions and being open mm. as you are. That's why we love you. The, oh. the thing that you have to, you know, be able to, <laughs> you know, really, really be an animal lover and, uh, you know, and see some of their reactions and um, see the way their nose twitches, mm -hmm. you know, see these micro movements. You know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, cats have this. This, the spines on their tongues, uh, you know, and, you know, maybe it's as simple as something that everybody can recognize the hair, you know, on their back, you know, uh, different dogs that have, uh, multiple coats, you know, some of them have rough coats mm -hmm. either on the inside or the outside, you know, their coat might change the snarl. It's kind of interesting, but you know, there's uh, this grinning that takes place, you know, with some of the pets, you know, especially the dogs. You know, they uh, they do this little grinning when they're happy, but it depends on the breed. Some of the some dogs actually look like they're getting really angry, but they're really so happy. They're yeah. doing this really kind of shaky little smile, you know, and to a lot of people, they think they're about to get bitten, but they're not. You know, their owners understand that. So I think that this is uh, something where we actually have to take somebody like yourself and other uh, pet lovers and just, just kind of like say, you know what? This happens a lot. This sort of behavior happens a lot. This sort of behavior does not happen that often. It might be happening at the same time as something else that's happening. Record that data. Just put it in your journal. Note the time. And that becomes a little data entry. And we organize that by, you know, nose movement. You know, eyes. baseline. Ooh. Exactly. Yep. It just becomes data. Mm -hmm. It just becomes another data point. But the reality, just like, you know, a time of flight sensor on an iPhone that's detecting and trying to shape your face, trying to look and to determine their fit, your face is actually building the parts of this multi-dimensional puzzle and, uh, you know, will give us the data that we need to solve the sensor problem, which we never want to solve totally. We want it to be a, a continual journey because once we've solved it, first off, it's disappointing, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> the journeys are very, very important. But then we kind of sit on our laurels and, uh, you know, kind of like the Green Bay Packers did, I think, last night, right? <laughs> you know, basically what happens is that yeah, the Packers really didn't. They really tried hard. They stayed in the game. <laughs> but, um, you know, a team that is, you know, perhaps 7-1, and one, which is the worst possible thing. It's kind of like a quarterback, it's like I'm a New York Jets fan, 
you can send your condolences, but they're doing well this year. But I'm in Arizona, and everybody else here is a Cardinals fan. And this one guy, uh, this one quarterback, we call him K1, signed a million, multi, 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 $20 million contract. And right after that, he started playing poorly. We've got to keep that edge. Got to keep that edge and be able to sense everything that's going on and record that. Get back to basis, basics. We need to become children again. You know, we need to be able to sense things. I was in the supermarket with Finley uh, yesterday buying some salmon for sushi. And uh, you know what? She was doing her pose on the cart, you know, with two legs looking out. Mm-hmm. And mother was trying to figure out why her child was going crazy. The child was in the cart. child could sense that the dog was there, you know, was focused just on the dog, you know. And and I just decided to do an experiment and just just kind of follow it like a safe distance, not to be creepy, you know. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, she was so puzzled. She couldn't even, you know, sense that I was following them from a not creepy distance. And uh, the kid was going crazy. He was like, mommy, mommy, I want to, I want to. You know, and the real- reality is that uh, kid could see something that the parents can't. So we got to become children again. Yeah, don't just be fixated on your child. Look around to see where the attention of your child is focused. Yeah, that brings and uh, just a real, real quick analogy. I should be asking permissions to do analogies, but uh, there is a ringtone. <laughs> it's called a buzzing ringtone, and it operates at about twelve thousand hertz, mm-hmm. twelve thousand kilohertz, and uh, it's above the hearing of parents. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? And kids have been using this for many, many years <laughs> instead of vibrating. So the phone doesn't vibrate, but it emits this wonderful high-frequency pitch that everyone older than 30 cannot hear, except for some people that, you know, train their hearing. Yep. And you know what? If you're ignoring it, you're probably going to stop ignoring stuff. (laughs) I never thought of that with that ringtone. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, I know. You can't get it. Actually, I don't know if you can get it on the the Apple Store. You know, Android, you can can get it. You can actually import your ringtones on that. You know, Apple is so much in control. It's amazing that they're, you know, they... uh, yeah, they've got they've got a really great repeatable product, you know, that's probably better than most most Android phones, but the reality is that they're putting such pressure on you know, it's just such a monopoly. I mean it's uh, the whole another discussion is that there is a tax on the internet and that we're actually paying fifteen percent to the Google store, I guess, and 30% to the, uh, no, 30%, yeah, 30% to the Apple store and 15% to the Google store on every application that we purchase. And uh, fortunately, Elon Musk is going to uh, change that with regard to Twitter. You know, when they take Twitter off of the stores. Yeah, I just read about that yesterday. Right, so so the, the play is that when they take uh, 
Twitter off of both of those stores, you know, you kind of say, well, you know, why can't we just, uh, you know, install it someplace else? The reality is that it can't be updated, you know, and a static, unupdatable application is a dead application. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he recognizes that he has to have a new phone platform, which he's already already working on. Already, yeah, he, he knows what to do already. Yeah. And, you know, it might be a sat phone for the masses, which would be brilliant, you know, or this yeah. you know, next generation, I think. So with the seven steps to Elon Musk, maybe someone's listening to this <laughs> and uh, get him to start um, designing um, paranormal equipment. <laughs> yeah, so, so Elon, I believe, likes proofs, proof of concept. Mm -hmm. And uh, he'll get attracted to this, though he will never admit it, I for our sake, I hope he doesn't, uh, for the masses, because we don't want, we want his Tesla stock to stay very high so he can stay creative and then quietly admit it to, <laughs> to people, you know, so that his stockholders, you know, uh, keep pumping the cash into, uh, into his company so he can do good things. You know, it's, uh, he's, he's the type of person that essentially is always, always asking why not and really he's the type of person that would love this yeah he gets uh, he gets iot he gets the internet of things and he gets what we call sensor fusion but i mean look look what he did he's got uh he's got a vehicle yeah he's got it's the current uh you know model s is uh, was based on uh, an older battery technology, 4,000 of the, what they call an 18650 battery in each of the Model S's, and they need to be replaced right about, well, in about a year uh, for the first ones. Those up in Canada are getting less than about 80 miles range, you know, in the winter. But, um, you know, he's, a lot, what a lot of people don't realize is he worked on a new battery. Uh, I think it's called the 4860 or 40, 4648, something like that. Uh, it actually is the dimensions of the battery <laughs> itself. In oh. the and uh, this battery, I think I mentioned it on the previous podcast, it's essentially, you know, a sensor box. Mm -hmm. We'll be able to be battery operated, imagine, for a year or two. Or 10. <laughs> <laughs> As an investigator, it would be amazing to not have to spend a small fortune in batteries for your equipment. <laughs> that will happen, Kat. That will happen in three years. I can guarantee it will happen in four, but it will probably happen in three. And, uh, you know, this battery, it's actually 50% uh, larger in the same shape as a d-cell battery oh really and it's going to revolutionize it's already it was shipped out a million of them were made in california by tesla on elon musk's uh direction and shipped to gigafactory in texas and texas 
Texas is the capital of a lot of battery plants. And the Gigafactory makes the very expensive, too expensive Model Y. Mm. Uh, you know, I think these cars are way too expensive these days. And, you know, you do not go out and buy an electric vehicle yet. Unless you've got a lot of cash. Yeah. These days, not too many people do. Um, but yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but he allowed his employees to buy these Model Ys first at cost with this great new battery, which can have a 500-mile range. I mean, yeah. Hmm. Really amazing. So, you know, a lot of great things are happening that nobody talks about. Stuff, processing stuff that's going to help our EVP and paranormal research is getting lower and lower power. We just have to get the investigators to accept this, you know, and to say, hey, I like this. Let's get together with a few DIYers, which, by the way, if anybody's listening and you want to do this, you know, I am not profiting from this, but I will help you uh, organize your projects so that you can do this and put you in contact with the, you know, appropriate solution providers. And uh, this is going to happen. So lower lower power draw and higher battery capacity mm -hmm. means, like you said, you don't have to replace those batteries. You can just leave it in the in the haunted house. Yep. <laughs> right now, I'm pretty sure investigators are what's keeping the battery companies afloat <laughs> as we go through a lot. Do you? Yeah, yeah, we can. Some places um, you can literally open up a brand new package of, of batteries, put it in your piece of equipment, and all of a sudden the battery's dead. That, okay. ha that has happened so often. Okay, I can help you out with that. I know it's going to be a another podcast, but schedule this in, seriously. Sure. I will take you and your listeners through how to solve that issue. That would be amazing. Yeah. Had it, and if if you think it's a that's a major problem, this will lower your costs of doing that. Absolutely, I can commit to that because so, I am familiar with what we call battery management systems. Oh yes, <laughs> I think the biggest cost for an investigator right now is uh, the price of uh, fuel to get to your destination and batteries. Oh God. <laughs> and coffee. <laughs> yeah, I can't help you with the fuel. And I would love to help you with the coffee, but, well, actually, I can help you with the coffee. We have this chain store called Goodwill mm -hmm. down here in the United States. And uh, just get a used Nespresso machine that's really great. And then get your your recyclable cups through someplace else. You'd be surprised at what high pressure and <laughs> hot water, hot clean water can do to <laughs> coffee tastes, you know. But, uh Obviously, the roasters hate what I just said, but, you know, <laughs> hey, bottom line is, you know, like paranormal investigations, not all roasters are, you know, created alike. Some, there Very are some true. really bad roasters out there. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> some roasters believe in everything they see. Uh, <clears throat> going to create a sensor for coffee acidity. <laughs> 
Well, my friend, we are at the end. Do you have any final thoughts? Uh, I think I think you happened on. Yeah, let's let's figure out a way to help your listeners. Figure out the pain point of where we can do the biggest uh, impact to these investigations, and I'll be on to solve the problem. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, Steve Surf. S-T-E-V-E-S-U-R-F as in Frank. And uh, that's on Twitter. Really, really would appreciate you folks following me there. I'm capped out at, you know, 5,000 right now. So it's just, it's what a pain in the neck it is. And I'm Steve Safaro, S-U-R-F-A-R-O, all one word, on LinkedIn. Be happy to uh, talk with you on there as well. So, um and you can learn all about a lot of uh, the AI stuff and news and stuff like that that I post. And uh, yeah, it was wonderful talking with you, Kat. You're, uh, you're, you're just such, such a great spirit. Well, thank you. It was my pleasure to have you on. Um, so informative. And I will be adding your links into the show notes so the listeners, uh, they already know, they won't have to look very far. They just look in the show notes. That's great. Thank you so much, Steve. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks Take guys. care. See ya. Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care of each other. And if you'd like to be on the show or have questions and comments, just drop me an email, paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Paranormal Heart would like to extend a special thank you to purpleplanet.com for supplying the music for the show. The views and opinions expressed on Paranormal Heart are those of the host and participants. 